0: Overdue for an oil change, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that does origami. Just a hop, skip, and a jump from normalcy. It's Medicare expert
1: Doug Jones.
0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another thrill-packed episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, probably just told you, this is Doug Jones, your Medicare expert for today and maybe for all time. And I am happy to welcome you to our our, uh, little soiree here where we try to imbue people with confidence that their encounter with Medicare is going to be a profitable one, a A uh, happy one, a confident one, and that uh, they will enjoy the benefits that Medicare has to offer and suffer none of the drawbacks that a government program can sometimes impose on people. I want to give people the confidence that uh, that encounter will be a pleasant one by virtue of my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. It is available for your. Purchase at uh, Amazon.com and and BarnesandNoble.com. If you go to Barnes and Noble, you'll be able to get for nine dollars the paperback version with beautiful color illustrations. If you go to Amazon.com, you find a wider array of Medicare Supplement for the late or excuse me Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 books, and those would include the Audible book, the Kindle book, the paperback book with black and white illustrations and the magnificent $22 hardcover book with color illustrations suitable for keeping in your library or your family collection for generations to come. And once you have one of these books, doesn't matter which one, they all have the same Medicare knowledge, you will be able to read, absorb in a very short time and uh, wake up. A Medicare expert. Very few people have the opportunity to do that. You could be one of them who actually becomes a Medicare expert, and you will be able to pontificate in front of your friends and relatives about your Medicare knowledge. And believe me, that is kind of a rare commodity nowadays. Most of the people attaining Medicare age have to be helped across that threshold. Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 will be your guidebook, to crossing that threshold, and then you can point the way to others. So give it a try. I think you'll be very pleased with the results. At least that's what other readers have told me. That's what the reviews on amazon.com illustrate to me uh, that I've done a good thing in sharing my Medicare knowledge with readers of the book. I have not done such a good job of sharing with randy carson my uh my uh podcast engineer and technical director because he has asked a question that all of us must uh share and i i kind of forgot what the question was so randy uh join us will you and tell me again what the question that you're you're uh posing to our listeners is
1: Absolutely, Doug. Good morning. How are you? You're looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh,
0: you're very kind. Very kind of you. I'm just fine. Thank you for asking.
1: Good, good. Glad to hear it. It occurred to me a few days ago when we were recording an earlier podcast that I haven't done Stump the Insurance Expert for a while.
0: You have not, and
1: my brain could use a little exercise. So here you go we have already at least talked a little bit about what it's uh what the topic is it's about Voyager 2 oh yeah and we were going the, the question I was going to ask and and still am is when they launched Voyager 2 I don't know 40 about what 40 years ago now and a it's, long been time. Tra- it's the furthest away from Earth man-made object ever it's uh-huh. out Really, it's outside of our, basically outside of our galaxy now. And they attached something to the Voyager 2, so that if, you know, some time in the future millennia, if, you know, the UFOs find it or somebody else finds it, they attached something to Voyager 2 to let them know from whence it came. Now, the question is, what did they attach to Voyager 2 and what was its purpose?
0: Well, I can speculate uh, all day long about funny answers to that question that, you know, some of them might be ribald and others might be political in nature. But I think the true answer is they attached a recording, a CD, and I want to say it's a Little Richard song, but I, I don't think that's right. But for some reason, my brain is saying, tell Randy, it's a Little Richard song. <laughs> is that? That's not correct, is it?
1: It's not totally correct i'll I'll give you partial credit for it, so I'll just give you a short honk ah. uh, but <laughs> you're, you're you're partially correct. Now, if you remember forty years ago, CDs were not not invented.
0: Oh, darn it, you're right. okay. okay. So
1: what they attached to the ah, Voyager Two yes. spacecraft, yeah. is a long play record. Uh-huh. It was metal. The base of it was metal. The base of it was actually titanium. And it was coated in gold.
0: If you got a turntable, you could actually play that thing, right?
1: Yep. It was a long play record. So we're hoping that aliens, you know, have turntables, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but then are they going to be 33s and 45s and 78s? Or what speed uh, are they going to use?
1: Well, this one was a long play. So it would have been 33 and a third. But uh, bottom line is that it has many things on it. And they also recorded it recorded it in such a way that given the fact that these are aliens that are supposedly smarter than we are. Yeah. There's they, the they, question they, mark they,
0: right there.
1: <laughs> They recorded things on there that could, if the aliens were smart enough, they could actually retrieve video off of it. So there was there, as you said, there was uh, various. You know, I think Little Richard is one of the one of the guys that sung on it. Okay, and and there was uh, many others uh, that they identified in terms of this would be typical typical of the Earth. And one of the other things they recorded is a person saying hello or something, welcome, you know, greetings or something in every every human language that existed on Earth.
0: That's where their brain power kind of fell flat as far as I'm (laughs) concerned. If you're going to send a device into outer space, and if you're going to hope that aliens retrieve that device, figure out how to decode the signals that you've placed on that device so that they can learn how humans are communicating, Pick one goddamn language. Don't use every language in the world because, as you know, we, during wartime, we have phalanxes of code breakers. Yep. And they they will go to a foreign language and they will work hard day and night to try to decode the, uh, and, you know, things like the Navajo code talkers use their language uh, in conjunction with army devised uh, code words. Uh, to fool the Japanese so that they couldn't be uh, decoded and understood. You can't, I mean, you can't expect the aliens to understand every single stupid language on this planet. I mean, my God, aside from the ones that we're most familiar with, you got your Swahili's, you got your Urdu, uh, you got a million languages that are spoken by a few people stick to one language and in fact many scholars have uh, written about the fact that english language is slowly taking over the primary uh, as the primary language that most human beings are using to communicate with for instance the airline industry no matter where you land your airliner you have to communicate with the tower authorities in english now, it may be uh, accented but um it's it's still a um, requirement and i think it's going to help the human race that we all communicate with the same language sooner or later. So let's try to help the aliens understand us by not Mm -hmm. confusing the heck out of them and giving them a bunch of languages that nobody's ever going to. I have a a friend. I grew up with a guy who became a linguistics expert at the uh, university of Oregon in Portland. And he used to go to Africa and he would find like the last living villager who spoke the old dialect. And he would sit there and, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he'd catch them right before they croaked, and uh, and that and he'd write books about these dead dialects and stuff, and try to keep them alive. He thought it was valuable to keep their their languages alive. And in fact, I didn't have the heart to tell him, but I think it's a complete waste of time. A language will die because nobody wants to use it anymore. If the villagers have t- taken a new language to to their bosoms, and uh, they're not really able to communicate in your old dying language, and you're the last one able to speak that language, I say give it up And yeah. in a broader yeah. sense. I say don't send a recorded uh, greeting to aliens that is going to be even more difficult to understand because you're including every idiot language we ever had. Try to pick one language and stick with it. That would be my recommendation.
1: There, there was one other thing about that recording that I should mention is I said it was a titanium disc, long play record, sort of a thing with uh, uh-huh. gold, with gold coating, right? And they all, and they also engraved uh, a facsimile of our galaxy, the Milky oh, okay. Way. Sure. And then they put an X marks the spot of where Earth is.
0: <laughs> or does that X mean the Earth ceased to exist? So don't even look okay. for it anymore.
1: Well, there's that part. But there was a lot of people go, why would you want to tell the aliens where we're at in case they're looking for us to wipe us out?
0: Yeah, or uh, to, to turn us into slaves. Yeah, uh, that was one of the most popular Twilight Zone episodes where the aliens came to Earth and they said, look, we can fix all of your problems. We can make sure your diseases don't kill you anymore. And, and uh, everything is beautiful here. Take this book. This book is uh, the cure to all of your problems. And uh, come on back to our planet and take a look. I think you'll like it in our planet. And uh, so they got a bunch of passengers in their alien spaceship. And just as they're about to close the door, some guy comes running up. Hey, we just decoded the title of that book. Oh, really? What is it? It's To Serve Man, was the name of the book. It's a cookbook.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. That's fine.
0: And the uh, star alien, the head alien of that uh, bunch was Lurch.
1: You may remember Lurch from the Adams
0: family. Sure.
1: I do. I love the Adams Family. But yeah. well, you know something? Let's get going. We have uh, wrung enough time out of that one. Yeah. Let's go. You know, as the nominal producer, let's go ahead and move forward. Yes, sir. And let's do some Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast and business.
0: Let's begin that activity right now. And I've got. I'm holding some documents that were curated, especially for our audience, by the content curator of the Medicare for the Lazy Man. So let's start out with a Medicare.gov document. And it says, we have good news to share. Well, I remember Ronald Reagan telling that joke. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And usually that doesn't work out to anybody's advantage except to that government uh, functionary. So let's see what it says here. It's Medicare.gov. And they say, we have good news to share. Thanks to the prescription drug law, that went into effect this year, 2023, even more vaccines are free for people with Medicare Part D, an average savings of up to $70 in out-of-pocket costs each year. This means more people with Medicare being protected against disease and severe, severe, severe illness. Examples of vaccines now covered under Medicare Part D, sounding like it's free of charge, include shingles, tetanus, tetanus diphtheria, and pertussis, which is whooping cough, hepatitis A and hepatitis B. Flu shots, COVID-19 vaccines, and pneumococcal shots are still covered by Medicare. More info, it says, serious diseases can impact our health and quality of life. That's why it's so important to stay up to date with vaccines. Talk to your doctor about which vaccines are right for you. Well, I agree. Talk to your doctor about which vaccines are right for you. But don't expect the government to give you free stuff, because once you're sucking at the government teat, uh, the government can cut that off anytime it wants to in order to modify your behavior into something that it wants you to do. I say pay for your own vaccines and let the government do what it does best, which is build highways and uh, 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 put together a military force that makes all the evil doers in the world uh, be very careful about what they say to us and what they do to us. Those are the proper government uh, um, activities as far as I'm concerned. So uh, lower cost for insulin. Uh, one of these things that they're responding to a bunch of cry babies and they are uh, making insulin more affordable. All right. Well, I like it when insulin is affordable. I don't like it when the drug companies are expected to do their valuable work for free, because that means they're not going to be doing their valuable work and we won't have insulin or any other drug. Uh, How about new drugs that they're working on? I heard recently that the average cost for a drug company to bring a new drug to market is $960 million. That's almost a billion dollars for a drug company to bring one drug to market. And then they're not even sure they're going to be able to turn a profit on that drug. So back to lower costs for insulin, your Medicare drug plan cannot charge you more than $35 for one month supply of each part D covered insulin. And you don't have to pay a deductible for your insulin. You have other questions about insulin coverage. If you get a two or three month, month's supply of insulin, your costs can't be more than $35 for each month's supply of each covered insulin. If you take insulin through a traditional pump that's covered under Medicare's durable medical equipment benefit, that insulin is covered under Medicare Part B. Those benefits go into effect on July 1st of 2023. Lower out-of-pocket drug costs is another headline in this article. Starting April 1st, 2023, you might pay a lower co-insurance amount for certain drugs and biologicals covered by Part B of Medicare, B as in boy. If their prices have increased higher, Boy, this is the government putting the arm on the drug companies. If those prices have increased higher than the rate of inflation, the specific drugs and potential savings change every quarter. So what they're going to do here is if a drug company has increased the price of its product faster than the rate of inflation, they're going to say, we're forcing you to sell that drug And reduce your profit, maybe even eliminate your profit. And we all know what a profit does. Profit provides a motive for a company to perform an activity. If they eliminate the profit motive, then that company is going to stop performing that activity. They're not going to be making that particular drug available because it will not be profitable for them to do that. And we all know that certain industries have to raise their prices faster than other industries because of the nature of things like, oh, let's say the American legal system. Drug companies get sued all the time. Certain other companies, chemical companies, get sued all the time. Witness the all the commercials you see about uh, Roundup. Oh, uh, did you use Roundup? Did you get cancer? It's probably the fault of Roundup. Let's sue them. Join our class action suit. Well, that would cause a drug company's price to go up faster than the rate of inflation if they became the target of a bunch of class action lawyers. So it's not fair in my book to pick out the drug industry and say you've got to only raise prices to the level of inflation of the whole economy because uh, there are other factors at work causing your costs of production to go up. And that's not always true with all the other parts of the economy. So it says if you have drug costs high enough to reach a catastrophic coverage phase in your Medicare Part D drug plan, you won't have to pay a copayment or coinsurance starting in 2024. Ah, extra help. Affording the the prescription drug coverage in the Part D low-income subsidy, or LIS, program will expand to certain people with limited resources who earn less than 150% of the federal poverty uh, level starting in 2024. That's next year. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you right now, somebody's going to be paying for these drugs. Either we will not have the drugs or they will not be paid for. Now, if we're not going to pay for them, how do you think the drugs are going to be um, brought to market? Well, I don't think they will be. And that's um, a big reason for concern. As far as I'm uh, aware, that would be uh, catastrophic. Right now, we have the finest prescription drug program in the world. Our unhealthy people are helped to a greater extent than those of anybody else, any other parts of the world that I'm aware of. And yet uh, the U S government is uh, making it more difficult for the drug, the pharmacy uh, industry to operate in the United States. So to continue on with this article, your yearly part D out of pocket costs will be capped at $2,000 starting in 2025. You also have the option to pay out of pocket costs in monthly amounts over the plan year, instead of when they happen, meaning let's say you get a 90 day prescription refill, and that's um, a, that causes you a big expense because your copay is uh, a few hundred dollars or maybe a thousand dollars. They're saying that you can spread that cost over the year instead of paying it only when you fill your prescription. Medicare will negotiate to get you lower drug prices. Well,, uh, that's one little headline in this article, and I'm going to say that this is a big, fat lie. Medicare will not negotiate to get you lower drug prices. Medicare will hammer the the uh, drug companies. Medicare will not negotiate. They will insist upon whatever they think is going to be politically astute. And then the drug companies will either bite the bullet and shift that cost to somebody else, or they will um, cease to produce. Now, if they cease to produce, once again, we're going to be up the creek and we won't have a paddle. So the explanation below this headline is, for the first time, Medicare will be able to negotiate directly with manufacturers of certain high-spending brand-name Medicare, Part B as in boy and Part D as in dog drugs, that don't have competition. That's pretty exciting. In general, your plan must notify you at least 30 days before the cost of coverage or your drug changes. Starting on July 1st, 2023, the Medicare Part B deductible no longer applies for insulin used through a traditional pump that is covered under the durable medical equipment. Let's just give away the farm, shall we? Who's going to pay for this stuff if the uh, users don't pay for it? Well, it's either going to be the taxpayer or nobody will pay because it won't be available anymore. But how many times have I said that? So how does this affect my costs? Will I be charged $35 or less if I get extra help that, uh, that LIS low income subsidy? Yes. The answer is, will my costs be the same at both preferred and non preferred pharmacies covered by my drug plan? It says, yes, you'll pay $35 or less for a month's supply of insulin product at any in network pharmacy covered by your drug plan. What insulin costs count towards my? maximum my troop to t-r-o-o-p is true out-of-pocket cost limit what about my part d as in dog deductible and it says you'll pay 35 dollars or less for a month's supply of each insulin product so that's um, a precursor of uh, some economic changes uh, involving the federal government clamping down on private industry that i don't think are going to bode well for us in the long run Ah, but here is an excellent article that um, some people have asked about, and I think uh, this might be a um, uh, helpful to some people. How does Medicare cover physical therapy services? So the question posed to this columnist, a guy named Jim Miller, does Medicare cover physical therapy? And if so, How much coverage do they provide? My 66-year-old husband was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and he will need ongoing physical therapy to keep him moving. Signed, Worried Wife. Dear Worried Wife, yes, Medicare does indeed pay for physical therapy along with occupational and speech therapy, too, if he needs it, as long as it's prescribed by his doctor. You'll also be happy to know that Medicare has no limits on how much it will pay for therapy services, but there's an annual coverage threshold that you should be aware of. Here's what you should know. For outpatient therapy, to get Medicare Part B, which covers outpatient care, to help cover your husband's physical therapy, it must be considered medically necessary and it will need to be ordered by his doctor. The same holds true for occupational and for speech therapy. He can get these services at an outpatient, uh, as an outpatient at a number of places, like a doctor or therapist's office, in a hospital, outpatient department, at an outpatient rehab facility, at a skilled nursing facility, if he is being treated as an outpatient, and at home through a therapist connected with a home health agency when he is eligible for Medicare's home health benefit. For outpatient therapy, Medicare will pay 80% of the Medicare-approved amount after you meet your Part B deductible, which is $226 in this year of 2023. You will be responsible for the remaining 20% unless you have supplemental insurance. Well, uh, that's what my job is, ladies and gentlemen, to help you obtain Medicare supplement insurance to pay that extra 20%. But be aware that if his therapy, your husband, in this case, the uh, worried wife's husband, but be aware that if his therapy costs reach $2,230 in calendar year 2023, Medicare will require his provider to confirm that his therapy is still medically necessary. Medicare used to set annual limits on what it would pay for outpatient therapeutic devices, but the cap was eliminated a few years back. You also need to know that treatment recommended by a physical therapy provider, but not ordered by a doctor, is not covered. In this situation, the therapist is required to give your husband a written notice called an advance Beneficiary Notice of Non-Coverage. They call this an ABN, an Advanced Beneficiary Notice of Non-Coverage. They have, that notice will state that Medicare may not pay for the service. If he chooses to proceed with the therapy, he is agreeing to pay in full. So make sure that if you're dealing with a therapy provider, make sure that either your doctor has uh, ordered the treatment or that the provider has given you the warning, the ABN, advance notice of non-coverage, advanced beneficiary notice of non-coverage. Under inpatient therapy, if your husband happens to need physical therapy at an inpatient rehabilitation facility like a skilled nursing facility or at your home, After hospitalization lasting at least three days, Medicare Part A, which provides hospital coverage, will pick up the tab. To be eligible, his doctor will need to certify that he has a medical condition that requires rehab, continued medical supervision, and coordinated care that comes from his doctors and therapists working together. Whether you incur out-of-pocket costs such as deductible and coinsurance and how much they are will depend on the setting of the treatment and how long it lasts. So you have to go to Medicare.gov slash coverage inpatient rehabilitation care to see all the details about whether they're going to pay. So if you've got a Medicare Advantage plan, they have their own separate uh, enrollment uh, or benefit definitions and schedules of payment. So you're going to have to talk to your plan if that's your coverage of choice. My clients are all going to have Medicare supplements. And Randy, I see by the old clock on the wall that we are sneaking up on time to uh, let the audience
1: uh, go. We are. The 75-cent clock, otherwise known as the crickets, have chirped, and we're out of money.
0: (laughs) You make it sound like it's my fault.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just trying to encourage us to maybe go to a buck someday.
0: Well, I think we will do that someday, but then the audience is going to say, oh, my God, I, I don't want to listen for a buck's worth.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's probably true, too. But, you know, there's a couple things that I always like to talk about before we sign off. And and one is is that Doug loves to hear from you. He really does. He's disappointed when he doesn't. So you can write him an email at dbj at com. Doug, as we've said earlier, maybe uh, in the last podcast, has taken all of his license exams. Now he's again renewed all of his licenses nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning and your Part D. Or you can check us out at MedicareForTheLazyMan.com. Got a lot of neat stuff going on there. And we would appreciate it if you could find a way to give us a review, just you know, a few words. I liked the podcast and I really enjoyed the book. That's all that it needs to be, but it helps us a lot in the rating wars. Last but not least, we want to thank you for joining us. You could have been a 100 different places doing at least 12 different things, but you weren't. You were with us listening, spending a little bit of time with Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, but there's a couple things that I need to end up with here. Normally, I tell you to keep track of your watch because Doug has usually got about 32 and a half minutes worth of information to share with you. And that's true today. You have spent 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more He's usually spending the time up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, but I have to tell a little bit of a story on him. He's now trying to figure out his, he's up to his hips in mud at the Burning Man Festival. <laughs> and I don't know, he, he's, he can't get out, the Jeep won't do it, you know, we're, we're just going to have to stay there. But I just thought I'd let you know that the Burning Man Festival is really at sea level so he has he has no need of his oxygen tank
0: as luck would have it i don't have need of much else there either so (laughs) but thank you for joining us ladies and gentlemen we'll look forward to having you uh uh join us again on our next episode bye bye